Lads, lasses, punting masses, welcome, welcome. Divisional round week of the NFL. Two games have been completed, two games to go. Those games have been picked by the better half. I could not find anything to pick and got news for you. I have got to find nothing to pick for next week either. So it's up to the better half to do the picks for the NFL. The stars haven't aligned to give me a good sign to pick for next week. As we all know today, the two number one seeds out for the first time since 2010. The two number one seeds have been beaten. Tennessee was beaten by Cincinnati today, mainly thanks to the performance of Ryan Tannehill at QB, mainly thanks to the kicker for Cincinnati. We'll get to him tomorrow night on the wrap. And mainly thanks also to one Derrick Henry who refused to stretch for a touchdown on the line, and uh, he could have probably won the game for uh, Tennessee right there. On the other end of the scale, uh, the kicker again, San Francisco from 46 yards, Robbie Gould. Robbie Gould kicking from 46 yards in single uh, single temperatures at Green Bay at Lambeau Field in the snow, if you don't mind coming back from what should not have been 7-0. And fair dinkum, the media has been absolutely all over. Posts, memes of Burrow and Jimmy G. Fair dinkum, them two did absolutely nothing. They've done absolutely nothing for two weeks. No love for the kickers. Absolutely no love at all for the kickers. What is going on here with the media? No love for these two guys who put the Bengals and the 49ers into the respective championship games next week. And fair dinkum, if Joe Burrow and Jimmy G was Omicron, I'd be standing in the end zone because I'd guarantee not to catch anything from the pair of them right now. Burrow does not impress me at all. I don't care what anybody says. He has not impressed me in the last two weeks. We all know he got lucky, and the team got lucky last week with Whistlegate, and of course San Francisco. Well, the main reason San Francisco, I was just asked a question before I set this thing up. Have we underestimated San Francisco? And the answer is no. In the last two weeks, San Francisco have come up against the former former Packers coach in Mike McCarthy and the current Packers coach in Matt LaFleur. And quite frankly, those two couldn't even make a correct decision to save themselves. Like I've said to you, what you do with your kids is you teach them to make decisions for themselves. Don't make, let them, don't make decisions for them. Let them ask the questions. You just give them not the answer. You just give them a statement. Let them make the decisions for themselves. If they make a mistake, so be it. They'll learn from their mistakes. These two haven't learned from their mistakes simply. The other reason is, quite frankly... The NFC North is terrible. The worst league in football is the NFC North. The NFC North, the worst division, and I don't care, anybody can say the NFC East, quite frankly, yes, the NFC East comes, well, probably second or third to the AFC South, but quite frankly, the NFC North got absolutely gifted Green Bay. They struggled outside their division in every single game, and I mean every single game. To win, they got their 14 and 3 or 13 and 4 wins, but they're all very close wins. So Green Bay out, 
the next question is, well, that's up for debate. Is this the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Is this the end of Aaron Rodgers, period? A lot of Twitter people will be absolutely ecstatic to see Aaron Rodgers gone. But quite frankly, fair dinkum people, uh, really, he has had a wonderful career, a Super Bowl, etc., 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 and he's played you people all year on social media. It's been absolutely amazing. Another bit of news to come out, and this is not sporting-related sporting either, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I suppose you're not hearing the other half, the better half's voice. She's not with us tonight. Bit tired, run down. She's had a very busy week getting a new venture started. We hope to have more on that on the program, hopefully next week. So we'll look forward to that. A new clothing line. Oh, hello. Uh, basically, also Meatloaf. Well, Meatloaf passed away at the age of 74, uh, late in the week. Very, very big, huge album in the 70s, Bat Out of Hell. And for you young people, you can only remember him singing in the grand final, and that's it. Because, yes, a few young people have come up to me and said, we only remember him in the, singing at the grand final, which was, which was terrible. Bat Out of Hell was a very, very successful album, in the 70s, spawned a couple of hits and a lot of good album tracks. Refused to do the second album that Jim Steinman also wrote. And Jim Steinman recorded himself, Bad for Good. And then, just like the AFL Grand Final, out of sheer desperation, recorded Bat Out of Hell Part 2, which was an absolute shocker of an album. And I don't care what anybody says, that album was an absolute shocker. And so... Meatloaf, yes, big album, yes, so did Alanis Morissette, and that was about it for her too, and uh, she has done nothing since uh, that one album, but of course when she croaks it, everyone will remember Jagged Little Pill, uh, that's about all they'll remember of her. Another one, of course, back to the sporting arena, the Australian Open, yes, no one's watching it, no one's going. Apparently, they're getting 1.2 million viewers to watch Nick Kyrgios play. Fair dinkum, Nick Kyrgios is just one of these young generation Australian guys who's more of a show pony, an ass clown on a tennis court. That's all he is, an absolute ass clown. His ceiling is reached. He doesn't want to break the ceiling. His ceiling is limited. His ceiling is the second round of a Grand Slam. That is it. Dudes like him are quite happy just to be a dick on any court in the world and collect a second round check of five figures and then that's it. They are overpaid. Tennis players are absolutely over, over, overpaid and for anyone, anyone online or anything in the media to say he's absolute box office, uh, you're an absolute clown. And uh, he, he himself is one of the reasons why he's destroying tennis. Irreversibly to say that the Australian Open is already in freefall in this country due to the fact that Tennis Australia and our Victorian state government try to let Novak Djokovic in, deny it if you will, keep spouting your conspiracy theories that it was all a media beat-up and the government wanted votes and everything like that to get him out, you're a fool. You're an absolute fool, you have no reasoning and you're absolutely just as stupid as he is to try and get in the country under his circumstances and for every tennis player who supported him you're a fool as well and just remember who pays your bread and butter you're not employed people you're not employed by anyone you're just a tennis player you are basically a contracted entrepreneur 
who just travels around the world to make money off us watching you. Well, guess what? People haven't been coming to watch you. Crowds are down massively, despite the fact that it's a 50% maximum limit at, uh, at uh, Melbourne Park. Still, those tickets have not been sold because no one's coming to watch. No one wants to come and, wa- come and watch. The only people who have been coming to watch are tennis of the bogans who sit there making stupid noises in the crowd and people are switching off in their droves in the ratings. And for the tennis and the way it's been run this year and for the... It's, 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 a, dying, it's a dying sport. Sorry, and Nick Kyrgios wants to, wants to just turn it on by being an idiot. All I've got to say to him and the Australian Open and all those involved in the media is... Okay, coming soon on the podcast, we're going to be doing our AFL fantasy teams. I've got mine done. Now, I don't know what the better half is going to do. She's leaving it a mystery. I thought she would have done it the same as what she's done with her Super Bowl picks and her weekly picks for the NFL, but she's leaving it a mystery, <coughs> oh, pardon me, a mystery and has got something else in mind to do on this uh, very program. Uh, So we're going to see what she's going to do with the AFL Aussie Rules fantasy team in the future. That is coming up. Reminder, also tomorrow night we're going to do the complete NFL wrap of the four games. But first, we're going to get into last week's bets that we did. And of course, the better half went 0-2. Last week, she took Philadelphia, I believe it was at seven and a half. They lost 15, Tampa Bay 31 for the Eagles. Hurts 23 from 43, 258 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. For the Buccaneers, Brady 29 for 37, 271 yards, two touchdowns. And Evans, nine receptions, 117 yards, one touchdown. Quite frankly, the scoreboard flattered the seventh team, Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely flattered them. Jalen Hurts, the only QB to lose in the QB rush leader versus QB passing leader. QBs 25 or younger are now 2-12 versus Tom Brady in the playoffs. QBs to make playoffs with 3,000-plus passing yards and 750-plus rushing yards now 1-5 in playoffs. 1-17-1, allowing 22-plus points since 2020. 12-3, allowing 21 points or less. And no team has made the Super Bowl going under 500, under six games. Quite frankly, the seventh seed team is only like a money grab. It should not be allowed. It ruins the integrity of the game. I've seen people on social media say, well, let's cancel the fifth seed after what Arizona did last week. Well, quite frankly, the seedings would have made no difference. They still would have played each other. So what do you want to do? You just want to just have um, one game, a Super Bowl. That's it between the number one seeds, and we'll leave it at that. No, sorry, it doesn't work like that due to the fact of your scheduling glitches over there in America that favours certain teams. For the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, the first QB to win versus a team he lost to in a Super Bowl. Jason Pierre-Paul is 9-0 in playoffs, going for 10 in a row tomorrow. 23-0, tied or leading at halftime since 2020. 11-0 when Rob Gronkowski has a receiving touchdown since 2020. Fourth team to make the playoffs with a 66-plus percent of plays were passing plays. She also took Dallas. I believe they were about minus three or something. Doesn't matter. They lost outright. San Francisco 23, Dallas 17. 
for the 49ers. Garoppolo, 16 from 25, 172 yards, one interception. Still hasn't got a touchdown in two games, has two interceptions, and they're through to a championship game. Would you believe it? For the Cowboys, Prescott, 23 from 43, 254 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The 49ers, up to last week, were 34 and 15 with Jimmy Garoppolo as QB, 8 and 28 without. 31 and 8 leading at halftime in Kyle Shanahan era, 7 and 28 trailing. 1 8 of the last 10 after starting 3 and 5. Of course, those stats are going to change when we do the wrap tomorrow. The Cowboys are 1 and 11 in playoffs, trailing by 8, point, 8 plus points in playoffs at halftime. They last won 2014 versus Detroit. Failed to score a touchdown in the first quarter in seven straight home playoff games. Now, we took Kansas City at minus 12 and a half against Pittsburgh. Didn't look good early, but it doesn't matter early. It's how you finish. Pittsburgh 21, Kansas City 42 in what looks like being Ben Roethlisberger's last game in his career. For the Steelers, Roethlisberger 29 from 44, 215 yards, two touchdowns. For the Chiefs, Mahomes 30 from 39, 404 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Kelsey had uh, how many? Nine receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown. For the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, 3-5 in wildcard round, the most losses in history. And 3-7 and in playoffs since 2010. He was 10-3 before 2010. 1-8 allowing 24-plus points this season. 8-0-1 allowing less than 24 points this season. For the Chiefs, Andy Reid passes Joe Gibbs on 17 for the fourth most playoff wins in history. Patrick Mahomes, 7-0 versus QB's not named Tom Brady in playoffs. 12-2 versus one plus takeaway this season, and 0-3 versus zero with zero takeaways. Uh, 7-0 this season when Tyreek Hill has one plus receiving touchdown, and they've scored 21 plus points in 66 games since 2018. Now, <coughs> of course, Kansas City play Buffalo tomorrow. We're going to get to that game in Tampa Bay. Play the Rams. We're going to the better halves pick shortly. First, the betting news. Now, five of the six favourites covered the spread easily, except for the at the spread leading Cowboys, who finished 13 and 5 at the spread on the season. In one of the worst games of the season, one better won $155,000 on the 49ers at 255. 58% of the bets were on the Cowboys at the spread, and 78% on the Cowboys to win. Oh dear. 62% 62% of the money was on the over 50 and a half, which finished under with a 23-17 score. One better won $48,000 in the Whistlegate at Cincinnati with a touchdown allowed after a ref's whistle. And the Bengals winning by one touchdown. You got lucky. 58% of the money was on the Bills and 62% of the money was on the Chiefs in their absolute blowout wins. One more note from the NFL is that coincidentally... Before today's games, they've cancelled testing. No more testing. Although they would have thought, geez, Green Bay's playing today. If Aaron Rodgers gets through, we're in a bit of strife here because his testing window runs out before the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. He's not playing anyway. And still, the fact of the matter is, testing should still be going on. According to a Japanese study that was released this week, 10 days is supposed to be when you are being isolated. 10 days. New Zealand has gone to the extreme and they've gone wrong. Uh, Jacinda Ardern, one of the world's worst leaders in the world, has decided three and a half weeks for all household contacts. Three and a half weeks for all household contacts. 
10 days if you're a worker, but 24 days if you're the rest. Now listen, now listen, the unvaccinated are supposed to be 24 days, the rest of us are supposed to be 10. Not 5, not 5, 10. So let's get that right. This is why it's absolutely spreading and good luck to us here in Australia in two weeks with school starting back because BA.2 is on the way and it's spreading like wildfire. It's bigger, nastier brother is spreading around uh, the Scandinavians in Europe. It's already 50% of the new cases in two weeks in Denmark. So look out up there. Let's go to our Super Bowl picks. Kansas City, I had seven times five, and Tennessee, four times 850, who are now out. So after a $208 outlay, I'm down to two teams. I will definitely be down to one tomorrow. Kansas City, $550.50, and Buffalo, 293 Now the better half, Super Bowl pick bets. She had Buffalo four times eight. She had the Rams and Tennessee three times eight fifty. After a two hundred and twelve dollar outlay, three things could happen with her Super Bowl picks. Her remaining two Super Bowl picks, both teams can win. She can have two teams going into the championship week. One team could win, one team could lose. She can end up with one. Worst case scenario, both the LA Rams at six forty three fifty. And Buffalo at 629 can both lose tomorrow and she will be out for season 2021 with no picks left. And well, could we be playing that song, uh, that little effect for her next week? Should we be so cruel? No, I don't think we should be that cruel Come on, she's done pretty well to be 59% in the regular season, proving, proving the experiment that females who know absolutely nothing about sport will kill, will absolutely kill anyone who knows anything about football or any other sport. This podcast was designed for that. This podcast has proved it correct. The better half has picked the LA Rams at Tampa Bay. She likes Tampa Bay at minus three. The Rams at the spread, 5-0 at Tampa Bay. 8-1 versus Tampa Bay. 1-7 after a 14-plus point win. The Buccaneers at the spread, 4-0 in playoff games. 7-1 as a home favourite. 7-1 at home. 5-1 versus NFC and 5-1 at home versus a team with a winning road record. The underdog is 4-0 in this. For the Buccaneers, Tom Brady is 9-0 in divisional round games since 2011. Number one QB passer is 5-2 versus number two QB passer. Tom Brady, though, is 0-2 versus the Rams, but he hasn't got, uh, hasn't got Jared Goff in there this time. He's got Matthew Stafford. Scored 30-plus points in the last five playoff games. She's gone for the upset at Kansas City and taken Buffalo plus two at Kansas City. So according to her, the Rams are gone, the Bills are in. The Bills at the spread, 4-0-1 overall, 3-0-1 after a win. The Chiefs at the spread, 5-0 as a home favourite, 5-0 at home, 7-1 after a win, 5-1 after an ATS win, 5-1 versus a team over 500, 5-1 at home, playoff games. The winner of the last five in playoffs between these two teams lost. In the Super Bowl, 
That's not a good sign. The good sign comes later. The Bills are 0-3 in road playoff games under coach Sean McDermott. Under coach Sean McDermott, they've won all the playoff games at home. The eighth team since 1970 to win 12-plus games by 12-plus points. All of the last seven times that has happened, seven teams have won the Super Bowl. Hmm, interesting. For the Chiefs, they average 32.2 points per game in playoffs with Patrick Mahomes as QB. With that Bills stat of the eighth team since 1970 to win 12-plus games, I think I'm going for uh, Buffalo there, according to the stats. Because I remember I told you last week about the Dallas and San Francisco game. The last four times those two teams played in the playoff game, the winner of that goes to win the Super Bowl. It's going to be interesting in a couple of weeks if it's going to be San Francisco and Buffalo or San Francisco and Kansas City. Because... If it was Kansas City, listening to that winner of the last five in playoffs between these two teams lost in the Super Bowl, uh, both our money is going to be pretty scared right now listening to that. So on that, because I haven't got any skin in this game, she has. So come on, Buffalo, even though Josh Allen personally and all the raves and everything from the media makes me personally sick to my stomach. Right. That's it for this week. Tomorrow night, we're going to do the NFL wrap here on the Better and the Better Half Half podcast. For those of you who subscribe to the Better and the Better Half page on Patreon, we're going racing tomorrow in Australia. We're going to Ascot in Western Australia to have a look and see what we can find there. That's the only decent meeting running tomorrow. We don't have any sports right now to give you. We'll look it up in the morning as we always do, to see if we can find some questions to answer, to pick for our bets. That's how we do it. If the stars align, everything's fine, and we'll put a bet on for that. So we're up, up, up uh, this month with sports and racing. I think we're still plus 50% ROI, both on sports and racing combined. So we're less than a week to go, so it looks like it's going to be a very successful month on Better and the Better Half on Patreon. So if you want to hit the button, hit the link. If you go on Facebook or Instagram, find the link in the bio on Instagram. You can go and do that on there. Uh, Thank you for listening once again to the podcast. And we'll be back tomorrow night with the NFL Wrap and back next week with the uh, Divisional Round. Uh, or should we be back next week? Yeah, we'll be back next week to do the divisional. Well, we've got to do the divisional round picks next week. Yes, we're not going to be back for the Super Bowl the week after because it's a week off. So we'll see you uh, tomorrow night here on this podcast, the Better and the Better Half podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and wherever you can find it because apparently someone has listened to us on, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's Google something. So I don't know what it's called. I don't know how it got on there. I don't know how these things work. I'm just the talent. I just record it. I just upload it. And it happens. Thank you for listening. Please, I'm old. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you tomorrow night uh, for the Better and the Better Half NFL Wrap.